Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Hey, I'm reading from Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. And it says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in an open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. Somebody say, very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And so I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Somebody say, prophesy to these bones. And say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews in on you. Sinews are, 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 are tendons. I will put tendons on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Somebody say prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath and breath on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and will cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you out from your graves, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will make, I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and perform it, says the Lord. Hey, over the next few minutes, over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this idea or this thought in this first part of Hello, My Name is Revival. I want to speak to you from this subject. Um, if you're taking notes, and I hope you do. Hello, my name is Kings and Priests. Hello, my name is Kings and Priests. Come on, let's pray. Um, Father, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to come before you, Lord, and these moments, Lord, that we've learned and we've studied, and for some of us, Lord God, that are in this room, Lord God, we've took, taken time. Some of us are on vacation. Um, Lord, some of us are visiting, Lord God. Some of us, Lord Jesus, we, we could have been somewhere else, but Father, we're in this place. And under no, under no circumstance, Lord, do I believe, Jesus, that moments just happen to be moments. Father, I believe that you are the God that speaks to us, Lord. And I pray today that you would speak not only to our minds, Lord God, and to our intellect, but Father, I pray today that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, that you would speak to our spirits. Let us understand, let us be open to what you have to say to us, Lord God, and let us walk in the power and the authority in which you have given us, Lord, to be kings and priests. Father, we love you. We thank you for everything that you've done. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Would you put your hands together for Jesus in this place? Come on, can you put your hands together for Jesus in this place? Hey, I, um, I've never in my life preach this message. I've never in my life preached from this message in Ezekiel chapter 24. Um, it necessarily hasn't been something that I've been drawn to. 
Um, but as I began to talk about this verse, um, something clicked and something drew me. I was like, God, I want to talk about revival, but I don't want to speak about it the way that it's always been spoke about. And so what God, when this happened, the Lord dropped this word into my heart on this particular passage that I've never preached from. And in that moment, I felt this overwhelming sense in my heart. I'm not going to read about this. I'm not going to listen to a previous sermon about this thing. I just grabbed the Bible and I just said, God, I need you to begin to speak to me. And I want you to understand that the message that came out of that is one that perhaps in pieces has come out over the life of greater church. But the message that I want to share with you today is a little bit different than anything that we have done. Obviously, 11 weeks into this thing, I've been very teachy. I've been sitting on the stool and I've been trying to teach you, giving you equipment so that you can do the work of the ministry. Today, I want to preach a little bit because I ain't preaching a few weeks. So I want, to, I want you to get that for a second. But I want you to understand that this message is prophetic in nature. This is going to be things that if you open up your heart, I believe that God is going to start shifting some stuff. I do not think that this message is regular. I do not think that it is just by normal in any type of measure or stretch of the imagination. I believe that this is something that God wants to share with you because I think he wants to change the way that we think. He wants to not inspire you. He wants to change who you are and what you're thinking. I, I come, uh, my generation, we were inspired very easily. How many 80s babies do we got in the building? 80s babies, we got in the building. How many 90s babies? 90s babies. How many 2000s? 2000s. 2000s. That says it all. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I remember um, we were very, 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 we were very inspired as kids. Uh, for some of y'all, and I'm not talking about Jaden Smith. I'm not talking about Jaden Smith, but how many of y'all remember the Karate Kid, the original Karate Kid, the original Karate If you were, number one, half of this part is if you were born in the 80s and you saw the original Danielson, you know what I'm talking about? If you saw the original, not Cobra Kai, the original Danielson, and if you were in the hood, you thought you were Karate Kid. I mean, you could even get in a fight and you just, what's up? Yeah. What's up? You were in the house looking at yourself in the mirror. Watch, I'm going to do it. Watch this. I'm going to jump on this leg. I'm not going to do that because imagine I break my knee or something. I'm not, I'm not there anymore. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah! And we, we, we thought, how many of y'all remember seeing Rocky? The, the, the hood Rocky, the real Rocky was Rocky IV against Drago. You know what I'm saying? Everybody in the hood was like, yeah. <laughs> you did the noise and it. <laughs> you got up. How many of y'all remember running up? to the top of stairs, maybe in your porch or, or maybe when you were in school and going up and then you got up to the top of the stairs, you kind of went like this here, you were running, you got up to the top and you were like, Adrian! <laughs> you just did that. We were so easily inspired. Can I tell you that this is what humanity looks like? The biggest blockbusters that have ever existed are all about individuals living supernatural lives. This was what R Ricky, he, he in all the Marvel movies, Endgame and all these big box office sellers. They're all about individuals being able to live these extraordinary lives, be defeating the bad guy, having all the strength and all the power. What happens, though, is that in life, we begin to think and we forget that this is actually who we are. That though we might not be able to fly like Superman, there's a power inside of you. There's an authority. And hopefully, and I'm not going to belabor this, this point because I can't. But over the last 11 weeks, I've tried to empower you as much as I can, not by inspiring you. My wife preached that the best that I've ever heard. She had one line that she says, I can convince you, but if somebody smarter than me is going to talk to you, they'll convince you better. Through the words of Apostle Paul, she explained these things. But the power of God cannot be explained. 
The demonstration and the power of God cannot be explained. So I can, I can encourage you and I can convince you with words. Somebody's going to come right behind me and convince you with even more words. But the power of God, that can't be convinced. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of y'all started with Amway. And then you went from Amway and somebody came and convinced you and they were like, bro, if you do Herbalife, listen, let me explain to you. Listen, don't, it's not, if you just, and somebody else convinced you. And then before that, then you start, then you started buying shoes and then you start and you're going back and forth. But the power of God cannot be convinced. It cannot be unconvinced. When you see God, what happened to Ricky, when you see things and miracles that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, that stuff is not something that was delegated just for the powerful God who is omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's powerful. But the Bible says that he has given gifts unto his children. And today, this particular scripture that I, I haven't, I, like I said, I've never preached this. And I didn't want to be tainted or, or, or listen to any message or pre read any books. I just wanted God to speak directly on this message. And the first thing that he showed me was that here it is that these, these, this uh, Ezekiel, it's a prophecy. This isn't something that really happened. It's a vision. Scripture says that the Lord brought him in the spirit and he sees a valley. And in the valley, there was dry bones that were everywhere. Now these dry bones, understand that this wasn't something that just dry bones don't grow, grow up out of the ground. For there to be a valley of dry bones, there had to be a war. In the war, the bones that you see on the ground were those that were defeated. There was a loss that happened, and that's why you see those valleys. Every single one of them were killed, and it's not something that they were just killed, but it's something that they were killed, and they were left there for a long time. And so what happens is that he comes around there, and the Lord tells him, can these dry bones live? And Ezekiel turns to him, and he said, Lord, you know, I don't know. I don't know, but you know. And Scripture says, he says three different things, but the first one that I think is super important and vital is it says, I, I want you to prophesy to these bones. I want you to speak. We've been in, in, in school, and I keep alluding to it, but we've been in school for 11 weeks. And one of the things that we talked about was the word prophecy, the word of prophecy, the gift of prophecy. And the gift of prophecy and the prophet are two separate things. The prophet, the, the gift of prophecy. Remember, we talked about three categories in the gifts of the spirit. There's the power gifts, the gifts of healings, the working of miracles, and the gift of faith. And then in the, in, in the revelation where you use God's mind, there is the word of wisdom, something that has not happened yet. Then there is the word of knowledge, something that is happening now or something that happened in the past. And then there's the discerning of spirits where you're able to see the intent and the spirit of an individual. But right, the word of wisdom, something that has never happened. The word of knowledge, something that's happening right now or that it happened in the past. The word of prophecy, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says it is useful for encouragement, edification, and comfort. The word, the gift of prophecy is used for edification, comfort, and for exhortation. Now, here's what I want you to understand. The word of prophecy is not, you're going to find a check in the mail tomorrow. That's called the word of wisdom. The prophet. The prophet, he will operate in the gift of the word of wisdom. You're going to find a check in the mail tomorrow. Or, hey, in your house right now, and some of y'all were there and you went with us. Uh, uh, one of my biggest mentors, uh, Ted Shuttlesworth, we were at, at an event with him. And it was hilarious as he looks at a woman and he tells her, you've been wanting a house and you've been scared to tell your husband. And the picture of that house is in that brown drawer on the side. It's the picture of the one with the lights on, with the bushes. That's the one that you like, right? That was the word of knowledge, something that actually happened in that moment, right? So so these are two totally different things, the prophecy, the gift of prophecy, and the prophet. So explaining all that, the gift of prophecy is for edification, comfort, and exhortation. Scripture says that the Lord speaks to him, and he tells him, I want you to prophesy to these bones. Bones 
uh, bones are, are they're, they're used to identify a person. Forensic anthropology is the study of these bones. And um, if you have passed away and people can actually, they can pinpoint you according to DNA found in bones, et cetera, et cetera. They can actually find out who you are by your bones. Bones for so long have actually meant so much um, in, in scripture, but I, I can show you that even in, in modern day context, I had a conversation with a friend of mine and uh, we probably stayed, babe, what was that? When we talked to Cherie and, 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 and it was probably, I don't know, two o'clock in the morning and they were just telling me about their church in India and the church in India and how they were persecuted because of the Hindus. And then, but there's a church that has one of the bones of Thomas. And in the Vatican, under the Vatican, that there's the bones of Peter. And so these bones have always identified a person, and there's an identity that's attached to them. Now, I want you to understand that your bones are, are specific to you and to your makeup and to what God put inside of you. But I believe when he began to say, I speak and I prophesy unto these bones, that he was speaking and prophesying unto an identity. Not only was he prophesying into an identity, but scripture says that the sinews or the tendons would attach themselves to the bone and that they begin to grow in these bones. And then there was flesh that grew out of that, that connected. The, the tendons are what connects your flesh, which is your muscles, right? So your muscles connected this and the tissue connected. And then it says, and then it would be covered with skin. I mean, it's beautiful to watch when the Bible and science actually matched together. Before you went to school and you failed science and I failed science, there was already a God that was explaining to you before there was an x-ray machine, he was already explaining to you what bones do and the tendons that are found in them and how flesh muscles are attached to them and how the skin is covered. I mean, it's beautiful to watch as the Bible lines up with science. They're not two totally separate things. Science doesn't discredit God. Science is a revelation of who God is. But scripture says that, the Bible, he says, I want you to prophesy to these bones. And these bones, this identity that for some of us we carry in here. And sometimes, and for some of us who are in this room, we feel like we are, we can be those bones that are just kind of laid down in the ground. And it feels like, man, we've been after war, after war, after war, financially, mentally, spiritual, in our marriage, in our finances, in our life, in our mental health. It just feels like it's just been, we've been wasting away in a valley. Nobody has been able to see us. Nobody understands us. And it feels like we're just sitting there. And today I want to prophesy to your bones. I want to prophesy and speak a word of encouragement to you. And I want you to understand that your bones, though they seem as if they're dead, though it seems as if I have been left to die, that God has not forgotten you. That God has not left you. Your identity, who you are, the world is always trying to shape it. It's trying to turn you into Karate Kid. It's always trying to turn you into Rocky. It's trying to turn you into another type of sex. But I wanted you to explain. I want to explain to you, and I want to be very bold in what I tell you, that you are a child of God. 1 Corinthians 5, 21, it says that you are the righteousness of God, that you are more than what has happened to you. And today I want to prophesy to these bones because I believe that God is going to bring some breath into this house and start lifting some things up. Because for some of you, you've just been empty and very dry. It's been a season where you open up the Bible and it's just like, dude, I don't even want to read this crap. And Father, I just thank you right now for today. Man, let me check out if Damian Lillard finally went to the Miami Heat. <laughs> Dang, I'm telling on myself. But we feel like we're just in these dry places. And today I want to speak a word because what happened in the Old Testament is a foreshadow of what happens to us in the New Testament. Today I want you to understand and I believe that there's a wind that's coming, but there's a life that's coming to you too. That God is going to bring not only the bones back to life, but I truly believe, as I said in the scripture, that the tendons are going to attach to you. There's people in your life that has not, God has not allowed for people to attach to you. 
There's people in your life, man, that you've tried. I want to be mentored by this person. I want this person to help me through this. I want this person to do this. Man, if this person only gave me a shot and you're sitting there, you've been waiting for too long for somebody to attach themselves to you and God is not allowing for it. It's like two batteries that are turned backwards. And every time that you try, it just feels like, man, I, I want to just, I want to connect to you. I want you to mentor me. I want you to help me because I need a little bit of what you got and God won't ever allow for you. It feels like you just keep button and it just, why can't I connect to this thing? The reason why you can't connect to this thing is because nobody's going to get the credit for what God's going to do in your life. It's going to be God. He's not going to allow for you to be able to say, when I met this man, this happened. When I met this individual, this happened. It's going to be God. But there's a moment that God's going to allow for some tendons to, to latch on to you. And there's going to be some people who are going to help you and reinforce your identity. For way too long, you've had too many people that have broken your identity down. You'll always be broke. You'll always be like your dad. You'll always be like this. You'll always be like that. And unfortunately, it has created, I can't even say it any other way. It's created an identity in you. And for some of us, it was our parents that told us. And so since my parent told me that, as a kid, you don't have a way to process that. Go back and listen to the messages. I don't have a way to process that. So then all of a sudden, this becomes my identity and who I am. And you begin to walk this thing out. And for some of y'all, you're like saying, my dad said I'll always be broke. My mom said I'm never going to amount to nothing. I'm going to make sure that they pay for their words. And all of a sudden now, you create an identity yourself that is all about making money and being the man and having all the authority. And sometimes you bring that junk into the church house. And pastors who have had a microphone like me have said, I'm not going to be like my father. And they've stirred, strayed people away from God because of their own preconceived notions and their identity that they've created. That God said, I never told you I didn't want you to be broke. I never told you I wanted you to be a mega pastor. I told you I wanted you to be faithful. But you're looking at the failure and what they spoke over you. And how they've attached. And what God is going to do is that he's going to bring some people. He's going to attach it. I'm believing this in this season. I'm telling you, this message was prophetic in nature for you. If you want this, you can grab this. This isn't a one-person thing. But I want you to understand that what God is saying is that he's going to attach some people. And you're going to see it recently now where people are going to attach to you. Some of them might be for a long time. Some of them might just be for a season. But these attachments are also that you can look. Listen to me. The sinews, the attachment, the, the scripture says that the bones were there. And then all of a sudden, it was the tendons that came out. And then it says that the muscles grew on it. The flesh grew on it. And there's going to be some strength that's going to come to you. Because we're feeling like we're tired, bro. My bank account looked like Chick-fil-A on a Sunday morning. I'm tired, Chino. I'm, I mean, I, I barely got to. It's July 4th. Hey, can we be real? I tried my best. And if you're in this room, man, you're in this room. This isn't something, shoe fits wear it. This is a house of, of, of love. This is a house of mercy. This is a house of healing, I believe. And we've, we got people on all stretches of the imagination. But for some of us, man, we, yesterday was a day where we were like, man, it's Saturday, I'm chilling. And you almost didn't come because you drank, smoked too much. You did too much. And so inside of you, you're sitting there and you're just like, man, you know, I just can't get over this, dog. Like it's Monday through Friday. I work my butt off. And then when Friday comes around, I just call her. I just feel like I need to. Whether you're in person or you're watching online, I want you to understand that these are the moments that God is, what he's saying is that he's going to breathe into those dead places. I don't have this. I can't do it. You can do it. You are a child of God, and God's going to show you because not only is he's going to attach some people. Why do we have this thing called summer at greater? This isn't about another event. This is for you to connect with some individuals, some real tendons that are going to come attach themselves to your life to help you through seasons and to strengthen you. Muscles are used to strengthen you. And God has put people in your life, though they have been people that have broken you, hurting you, the people who have stolen the most from you has been people. God is going to use people to bring healing to your life, but you got to be open. 
You got to allow for God to do his job. And there's going to come a season where I believe that the tendons are going to come, but then there's also going to be some strengthening that's going to come and people that are going to encourage you and they're going to lift you up and they're going to fill you up. You just got to be open to this thing. Scripture says that the tendons lined up with them. And then all of a sudden it was the muscles that lined up with them. And then it says that there was the flesh or it was, I'm sorry, that it was the skin that covered them. So you can imagine this valley full of dry bones. I mean, this is like, I don't even know what you would call this. Like, could you imagine you're just standing there and you're looking at a valley of dry bones and all of a sudden you're looking at the, at the bones and tendons are growing up in them and, and then flesh is growing on them and then skin. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says that there were no armor that grew on them. Took y'all a minute. Some of y'all still thinking about it. What does that mean? Chino, they was naked. Butt naked. <laughs> I wrote butt naked in my notes. I wrote butt naked. You're still in my, you're still in the word. Yo, he's looking at these people and all of a sudden there's flesh that grows upon them. Flesh is the completion. Flesh is what covers. Flesh is God. And I want to speak to some of y'all that feel like, man, you've just been in this freaking dry, ugly state of just, I can't do anything. Everything feels like it's a failure. I feel like nobody is watching over me. There is somebody who is watching over you. That's why you left five minutes later than you were supposed to. And you walked through that intersection and you saw what happened to that other person that could have been you. It could have been you, the person that right now was sitting there with a life sentence in prison because of one mistake that you could have had or one little bit of anger that if, you, if they would have just said one more thing to you. But God has covered you and he's protected you. In this season, I believe that there's a supernatural covering that God is going to place on you to be able to help you to walk through this. And understand that this is for you to understand your identity. This isn't for you to start your 501c3 and become the prophet of the Lord and travel TBN or go from country to country and city to city with your ministry. This is for God to solidify your identity, your bones, who you are. Scripture says that these men were laying on the ground. And it was a valley filled of bones just all over the ground. The Bible says that he looks at Ezekiel and he says, I, I prophesied from the beginning and I told you that breath will go into them. And as they're laying there, I want you to see something. And he says, I want you to prophesy breath into them. Because a lot of us, we got people in our life. We got flesh. We got strength. We feel like we're covered by God and we kind of got a little bit of a direction. For some of us, we, we got our 501c3. For some of us, we, we, we got our 401k and we have our plan over the next five years. Chino, I'd love to talk to you a little bit if you have some time. You, you, you got your life all planned out, but you're doing a lot without the breath of God. You're doing a lot without the life that God has put inside of you. And you've been trying to, you're jumping from relationship to relationship. And the relationships are good. They're Christian men or women that you're dating. And it's, it's, it seems like it's good, but it feels like it just doesn't go nowhere. Because inside of you, you're not allowing for the breath of God to direct you. You're not allowing for the breath of God to bring you up and to lift you up. We've talked about this for 11 weeks. There are gifts that God has put in this church to be able to use for the kingdom of God. Could you imagine, and man, this is my hope and my desire, man, I can't wait to share some of the stories, man. I talked to Taylor, I, I mean, just, there's some really good stories of individuals that have actually caught on to this and understand what would it look like if you walked into a mayor's office and you were able to tell the mayor, hey, this is what I feel in your life and this is what God is showing me in your life. And the mayor or the person who is in charge says, yo, how could you have known that? And all of a sudden, God is giving you authority. That's not for you to get your next building or for you to get money or for your own thing, but for God to be able to use your voice and influence. Can I tell you, this is what the priest used to be at the time of this Bible that I'm reading right now. They had the spirit of the Lord inside of them. 
And they would be able to speak to individuals and be able to say, hey, king, here's where I think this nation is going. Here's what the word of the Lord, not what I think. Here's what the word of the word of the Lord says. That is not relevant just to the Old Testament. These aren't monuments that we look at and we like, oh, my gosh, such great moments that happen in the Bible. These are our people that we can stand on their shoulders and continue to move forward on. This is our first floor, what you're reading here, what God can do in your life. What would it look like if Christians actually believe this thing and actually begin to walk in their authority where they can sit there and talk to their boss and say, hey, listen, I know that we're opening this firm and I know that you want to do this, but I feel like the voice of the Lord said this. And this is how I know it's true. God is going to do this. I'm going to step away and I'm allowed to God to do it. And your boss come back and he said, yo, how did you know that? Or for your coworker who you keep seeing and every single time your coworker talks, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? And you're, what she just said to me? I'm about to what? Who? Who? Or when you say something to them and they're just nasty attitude and you're sitting there and the Lord begins to reveal you, that person has been sexually abused from their father for years on years on years. And all of a sudden their father is in a deathbed and they have an opportunity to forgive him. They don't want to. And I want you to speak to them. And all of a sudden the Lord gives you a word and they're sitting there broken. And the people who you think are so mad and tough, they're really just so abused and so hurt. But God gave you a word that you can come back to them and be able to share. All of a sudden they go to their dad. Hey, dad. I forgive you. Last chance that they get to forgive them. Their life completely changes for the better. And it was all because you were obedient. Because you allowed for the breath. I prophesy breath in your life. I prophesy a renewing of the spirit of the Lord in your life. I prophesy the gifts of the spirit in your life. The word of wisdom that God will reveal to you things that you've never seen. I, I prophesy the word of knowledge that God will show you the things that are happening now and the things that happen. I prophesy the discerning of spirit that you will no longer allow yourself to be manipulated by people, but God will show you the intents of the heart. I prophesy the gifts of healings that through your hands you will watch as individuals are healed because of the power of God. I prophesy the word of the working of healing, of miracles that immediately people's lives will be changed because of the gifts of the spirit I prophesy the gift of faith you've been believing for a child you've been believing for some things and I believe in the name of Jesus that today the gift of faith will find you I prophesy the gift of prophecy that you will begin to encourage I prophesy the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues that not only will you speak in a heavenly language but that the Lord will begin to reveal to you what you spoke to yourself and what you spoken to others I believe I believe a 14 year old girl got pregnant without having sex I believe that they walked, this happened recently, that they actually began to walk through these dry deserts that were attached to the Red Sea and they're starting to find bones of individuals. Yep. Remember that? Remember when the Red, split, Red Sea split and there was over a million people that walked in through it? Man, I believe this stuff. If I believe that craziness, man, I'm going to believe the word of God over my life. Right. Scripture says, I want, you to, I want you to prophesy to them. Now here's where I'm going to change the message and here's where I feel like the, as I was preparing again, I feel like there was a, a shift that kind of happened because scripture says that the, the bones, remember they were laying down and it says that all of a sudden the wind went into them. First Corinthians chapter third, first Corinthians chapter three, verse 16 says, do you not know that you are the temple of the living God? Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells inside of you, that you had the 
that live the Ruach that lives inside of you. The spirit of the Lord lives inside of you. You've called on the name of Jesus. The spirit of the Lord lives inside of you. Not only does he help you to bear the gifts of the spirit, I mean the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, etc. and etc. But you actually have gifts that are inside of you because the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. Try it. I mean, just try it. Today at 3 p.m., 3.30, we're going to meet right here in the house. And David Higgins, a friend of ours, we've been talking about this for weeks. David Higgins is going to be here in the house, and he's going to take about just 20 minutes, and we're just going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit and kind of recap what we've learned for some that maybe haven't been to all of them, or, or maybe you're still trying to figure this out, and you're new, or maybe you've been coming for a while. And, but he's going to take about 20 minutes and just explain what it looks like to have the gifts of the Spirit. What does it mean? How do they operate? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. My brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. Agnaeo, I don't know. I want you to know. And when you know, everything that comes after that verse belongs to you. And so he's going to teach this. And then we're going to go to Walmart. We're going to go to Town Center Mall over the next week. We're going to go to different places. And we're going to believe this stuff that's happening in us. We're going to see if it actually works. And there's exercises that you're going to do where you're going to ask the Lord, Lord, reveal to me. And then we're going to play some videos, and we're going to show you people who took their cast off. We're going to show you people who said, I don't know how you would have known that. Nobody can know that. So starting today, 3.30, if you want to be a part of that, you don't have to sign up for this thing. It's a hunger inside of you that signs you up. We're going to meet right here inside of the church at 3.30. David Higgins will be here. We're going to take the car together, and we're going to go out there, and we're going to do this. But it's about us putting meat to what we heard. It's about us putting the Spirit of the Lord in front of us and understanding I'm filled with this thing. Scripture says it. He turns around, and uh, there was a, a valley of dry bones that was laying down bones and then tendons and then flesh, muscles, and then skin. And all of a sudden, it says, and then the, this mighty army stood to its feet. And as it stands to its feet, he said, son of man, these bones are now an exceedingly great army. They lost the battle. They lost the war. They would never be able to take another step in this war again because they died. That's it. It was over. And yet he prophesied unto the bones and that which was lost came back. They were dressed in victory. They had their skin, flesh, sinews or tendons and bones. They were dressed in victory, but they were still in the posture of defeat. The Spirit of the Lord came into them, and at that very moment, they stood to their feet. And now they're ready. Scripture says that he talks to them, and he says, God speaks to Ezekiel, and he says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the house of Israel. They indeed said, they indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost. This is verse 11. And we ourselves are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, Behold, my people, I will open up your graves and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. I'm going to fulfill some promises. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O oh my people, and brought you up from your graves, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. So Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy to the bones. 
Then I want you to prophesy to the breath and it's going to come from every angle. And it's going to put them on their feet. But then I want you to prophesy to the people. And so here is the point of the message where the band would come up. And here is where we, I would declare, and yes, you are in the grave and you are the bones. I was the bones. I was dead in my sins. I was a gang member my entire life. And a judge offered me 90 years in prison. And when he told me that, I was scared every which way you can imagine. But beyond being scared, I knew in my own life, if I got out of jail that moment, or if I went to prison for the rest of my life, regardless of the matter, I needed to change. I didn't want to live this life this way anymore. And it was in that moment where I gave my life to Jesus, and all of a sudden, some tendons started to appear, and people started to come into my life. All of a sudden, I started to build some strength. I no longer had to pick up the marijuana when they handed it to me. I no longer had to open up the pornography no more. I no longer had to live the way that they dictated, and my identity had to look like. All of a sudden, there was some strength that happened, and, and then God started to cover me. I wish I could say that I went home I didn't I went to prison for five years in those five years though the breath of the Lord went inside of my life and all of a sudden I started to watch the gift of the spirit I started to watch drug dealers who were pretty bad guys sit there and cry in my arms and God allowed me to speak a word of encouragement into them because what happened is what's going to happen to you next not only did God prophesy and breathe into me I had the tendons I had the strength I had the spirit of the Lord I had the flesh I was covered but then God began to pray I mean, God began to prophesy unto me. Here's what I want you to understand. You're no longer the bones. For those of you who have called on the name of Jesus, nor do I want to speak to you as if you were the bones. Today, I want to speak to Ezekiel. I want to speak to you, Ezekiel. And I want to draw what God has placed inside of you. You're no longer your gifting. You're a child of God. Your giftings came from a source. They are not your resource. You need to cling to your source because your source in this season is going to allow you to do some things that you didn't imagine that you can do. Today, there is a broken and hurting world that is a valley of dry bones. I can show it to you real quick. All I have to do is turn on Instagram or Twitter if they allow me to exceed my capacity or whatever the heck that thing was. I know who's on Twitter and who's not. <laughs> but I can show you how broken this world is. I can show you suicide rates. I can show you how cool it is now to be two things. It's cool in the season that we live in right now, David, to, to either be mental health. And please understand, mental health is a real thing. We're going to take a few weeks and we're going to talk about mental health. This is not something to just read your Bible, pray more. No, no, no. There's some work that you have to do. But there's some things that you have to cut off because out of the 10 results, reasons why people have mental health, only two of them are genetic. Eight of them are what you eat, how you, whatever. I'm going to explain that to you later. But mental health is something that people identify. I'm depressed. I have anxiety. I'm ADHD. They identify with these things. They're like constantly saying this. And then I, I'm, I'm going to be real honest. And I can, man, it is what it is. But homosexuality. I, man, listen to me. If you are in this place and you're struggling with same-sex attraction, struggle with it. Don't settle in it. You are not what you did. You are not. You are a child of God. You are the righteousness of God. God loves you where you are. We love you in this church. We don't want you to feel like, oh my God, I can't come into this church. But we're going to be the type of church that's going to allow for you to struggle. We're going to work with you through the struggle. But we're never going to let you sit in that thing. We're never going to let you just identify as that thing. You are a child of God. And what God created in you is who you are. But these two things are cool to be identified as. It's like, oh my God, this is the cool thing now. I want to be this or I want to stand up for this what God has called you to be Ezekiel you are a prophet of the Lord there is a gift inside of you there's words that God has placed inside of you and you need to begin to prophesy while the good is declared bad and the bad is declared good you got the word of God inside of you that good is good bad is bad and you have it in you and you have a responsibility to be the man and the woman of God that God called you to be regardless of your gender 
Scripture says, I've placed my spirit inside of you. It's your responsibility, Ezekiel, to begin to speak to the wind. Man, you have the authority to be able to speak to people's lives. That God can show you if a person is mentally ill or a person is dealing with their insecurity. Or Yo, please understand, if a person is, is living in, in a life of homosexuality, man, that ain't no different than the person that sits at the house and crushes 28 McChickens as soon as they get out of church. You're a glutton. It, it doesn't make no sense if you, if you a same-sex attraction, but you're crushing every girl that you see and you're a guy. Yeah. These are both the same things. Can I explain to you that sin is sin? But I want you to see this, that God doesn't look at homosexuality. God doesn't look at the fact that you told your coworker to clock you in at 3.30 when you got there at 4. God doesn't look at what you lied or didn't lie on on your taxes. God looks at sin and he doesn't see it as big sin or little sin. He sees it as defeated. I beat death, hell, and the grave. I am Jesus. I'm bringing grace to you and he can cover that. I want you to understand that I'm speaking some big boy language because not only am I drawing a land in the sand, but I'm trying to explain to you that we got a responsibility and we have a people to reach. That God has called you kings and priests, queens and priests. That you have a responsibility to walk in authority. That you're just not an employee, but that there is a business inside of you. But at some point, you got to believe that for yourself. Or you can sit there and work to the day that you die for somebody else. Or God can begin to allow you to save some money and you start to think to yourself, what if I, what if you, your your marriage doesn't have to continue to be on the rocks. That your marriage can move from just being on the rocks to now you're encouraging 20-somethings that have been married for a year and you can begin to speak what God has given you and what you've learned in your life and God can begin to use you. That there is gifting in this house to be able to develop. That when you saw these kids come up on stage, something leaped up inside of you because you were like, oh my God, young people are getting saved because there's a desire inside of you. The Spirit of the Lord is crying in you saying, we need to reach young people. I need you to wake up, Ezekiel. There's dry bones in front of you. I need you to prophesy to the bones. It's inside of you. But we got to get to this place where it's not just Chino sitting here yelling at you, but that we believe these things. Man, I am a king and I am a priest. I walk in authority. The enemy is not going to continue to scare me by showing me little black shadows in my living room. I got some anointing oil that I'm going to cast the devil out of my house, out of my generation, out of my life. I'm no longer allowing for him to have this place in my life. You got to walk in this authority because you're a king and a priest unto the Lord. God trusts you, man. When I, when I look at this, at this scripture, I was, I was laughing because my kids, worship team, come on up here. I was laughing because my kids, my kids were arguing. And, and my son says to my other son, he said, my God, I got to write this. He said, dad, Levi, where y'all, Levi Ramses, y'all not in here? Okay, talk about y'all. Uh, praise God. Um, he said, Levi, call me fat. Yeah, but dad, he's not telling the whole story. He said, my tape looked like Batman. I said, I said, bro, why are you? Yeah, but he got, and look at his face. He's filled with pimples. And yeah, but you can't do no push-ups. You're weak. You can't. And, and, and I'm like, first of all, I'm going to say this. Babe, can you mute this part real quick? Just, I beat my kids. <laughs> It's the delay. I'm ready. Just hit the mute. <laughs> there's, there's timeout and there's knockout. And so I, I'm, I was, these were a timeout moment. So I sat there with the kids and I was like, listen, let me, let me break something down to you. And I said, are you fat? 
He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. I said, what do you, do you think you're going to be fat for the rest of your life? No. I said, all right, what do you got to do? So I got to go to the gym. I got to do push-ups. I said, okay, so, so basically what he said about you is, is a, is, a, is a temporary label, not your identity, right? He said, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. I said, Levi. I said, bro, your tape looked like, it does look like Batman. But I said, <laughs> just like somebody with a Coke can cut it. But I said, <laughs> I said, uh, I said your, your tape, I said, all you got to do is go to the barbershop, right? And if you go to the barbershop, I mean, that boy, crispy. For y'all that don't understand what a tape or edge is, some of y'all looking at me like, I don't know what he mean, like that video cassette. No, a tape is your, your, your cerquillo. How you say that in English? Your hairline, your hairline. You know what I mean? And my son's hairline is like, it goes like this and then it goes down and then it comes up and it's like somebody, the Lord, no, I'm not going to say that, but his mom was not, yeah, I mean, he just, I can't even say it because it's, but it's just, he just, and I said, all you need is for a barber just to put you back in the game. And I mean, like, and then you're good. So you allowed in a moment where you're about to lose all of your privileges, you're not going to be able to play video games or do something because of what somebody else said about you. And then I started to think, how many things have people said about us that have allowed and shaped us? I've belabored that point already. Are we going to allow for the word of the Lord to shape us? There was a prophecy that was spoken over your life. There was an assignment over your life. And I know this isn't a regular little message. I don't have your little three points and your cute illustrations. I, I'm trying to get to a point where I can speak to your spirit. Because scripture says that these dry bones were laying there. Skin and flesh and sinews. And then all of a sudden they stood up. Could you do me a favor? Would you stand up to your feet? Everybody in this room, would you stand to your feet? And the scripture says that the, the breath of the Lord... Whew, prophesy unto the breath and it said from the north the south the east and the west that the breath came into them and those individuals that were just standing there said, <gasps> and that they came back to life when they came back to life when you came back to life it wasn't for you to live a cool Christian life to go to church leave church go eat some tacos go home and to jump on Netflix and watch the next episode of Manifest or whatever show you're watching. I'm on Manifest. I don't know why I keep saying that. But, but it is for the Spirit that brought you to life. For you to be spilled. For you to be filled. And for you to be spilled. That there is an assignment over your life. For some of y'all, y'all need to go home. And you need to pull out your iPad, your phone, a piece of paper. And you need to begin to dream again. God, what were the things that you told me that you wanted to do? I wanted to teach people. I wanted to help with young people. I wanted to start worship ministries. I wanted to go do music. There's things inside of me that, God, you have placed in me that I need to be able to draw back out because I'm no longer wanting to do the same thing over and over again. My life is not going to be, I'm going to get up, go to work, do it Monday through Friday. On Saturday, don't talk to me. Don't call me. I don't want to go to your baby shower. I just want to rest. And then on Sunday, I want to go to church. And I'm hoping that the pastor can hurry up and finish running his mouth because I want to go eat. And then I want to go sit again because I'm tired. There's more to life than this. Ezekiel, there's more to life than this. Ezekiel, there's more to life than this. Would you do me a favor? Would you just put your hands over your heart? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. 
If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast.